0: it there. Cut, 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 cut. Cut. And cut. Cut. Cut, 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 cut. Terrific. Cut. And cut. Cut. Let's try it again. Cut. And cut. Cut.
1: cut. cut. Check the gate. Cut. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cut, just another movie podcast. I'm Angie.
0: I'm Annie.
1: And we're two siblings that love movies. Continuing with our theme as of late, which is Reviewing horror movies that are coming out, we attended another Beyond Fest screening.
0: As you can see by Angie's, you can face st- see the that's blood not real still. blood.
1: But before we get into that, um, I want to be sure to remind you guys to follow us on social media. You can find us at Cut Movie Pod on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Cut Movie Pod, and we should pop up. And then subscribe to wherever you stream your podcasts. We also do a video podcast on YouTube, so if you search us up on there, you'll find. The video podcast versions of, you know, our review on Renfield that we just did. You find our deep dives on like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Titanic, if you're not into horror stuff, lots, lots of good stuff on those. So go ahead and give us a like, comment, follow, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Anyway, going back to Beyond Fest, Beyond Fest and American Cinematheque put on this particular screening, which is the one that I've been looking forward to this whole time.
0: Again, we're not sponsored by Beyond Fest or American Cinematheque. We just really love their screenings. And, you know, Beyond Fest, we've talked ad nauseum about them, um, but for good reason. They're a genre film festival that happens in October, but they do screenings throughout the year now. And in April, they've been doing, you know, horror, thriller-themed films, you know, uh, films that are about to come out. Like, we just did Renfield, and today we're going to do The New Evil Dead. But also the American Cinematheque deserves a lot of credit because they partner with Beyond Fest and American Cinematheque. If you don't know who they are, they um, in their movie theaters, the Arrow in Santa Monica, uh, the little uh, Phillies Three in in uh, L.A., and then the Egyptian. Whenever they decide to open that theater, they show old movies, classic movies, new movies, and thirty-five millimeter, seventy millimeter. You know, if you can think of like. Lawrence Arabia, The Exorcist, 2001, but also independent films. And they're just a, a great representative of, you know, cinema in general, all sorts of genres, all sorts of, you know, from all different time periods. And so that's why we love them so much because they don't just stick with one particular genre. They, they kind of go everywhere and they have cool Q&As and they do anniversary screenings, So, the reason why we always shout out at them is because they do a great thing in the LA area. And, and we hope that if you are in the area that you check out one of those screenings because it it's uh, it's a game changer, you know, where we live. And, and we're really fortunate to be able to, to experience these screenings.
1: Yeah. And we always talk about how unique a Beyond Fest American Cinematex screening is. And I think this one was the mother of all Beyond Fest Greetings.
0: By far the most elaborate, uh, exciting, and even for myself that I'm not a big horror buff, you know, as far as movies go, uh, I was kind of blown away by it. I might show a little clip of it because I took it on my phone, but I had never really seen an introduction to a movie um, like that. How do you?
1: I had seen like some tidbits of it. Like I mentioned, um, when Warner Brothers did their, like, horror made here, they did something similar with The Exorcist, but it wasn't the whole movie. It was just, like, a five-minute kind of deal. But they had the same thing kind of happen. And what they did with Evil Dead Rise today is they had actors come up. They had, like, some one come up and read from the Necronomicon. And then they had, like, deadites scattered throughout the theater so that, like, once you started reading The Incantation, you had people, like, jumping up and, like, freaking out and, like, running into the aisle. and it was just like a really short, it wasn't even that long, but it just kind of really made you feel immersed right. in and, the whole experience <clears> that you were about to see.
0: It was super cool. And then right as that bit finished, um, the movie started like right away, no trailers. And so you were like already immersed in the evil dead world before, you know, you saw a frame of the film.
1: Before that they did, they brought us all up like people who had dressed up.
0: Angie was a star. She was in the top, top three, three, three of the best costumes whatever. of the night
1: was just surprised that nobody dressed up i was the only person dressed up as mia and i think that that's because of the 2013 evil dead erasure but whatever
0: in the imdb (laughs) rating that we talked (laughs) about because before we saw the movie tonight uh today's it's tuesday now technically but on sunday night prepping for um the new evil dead we watched the 2013 evil dead And we looked up IMDb ratings because we always do to see like, oh, what's the rating? And it's like a 6.9 or some shit like
1: that. So the 2013 is my favorite Evil Dead. I will say before I even get, we even get into the review and we talk about anything Evil Dead, I like it more than the originals. But also I think it's because I saw the 2013 version before I saw the original. And if you've seen both of them, they're completely different tones. Original Sam Raimi Evil Dead is very campy and it's very funny and it's just there is gore to it, but it's just like goofy kind of gore. And you know, with the, I wouldn't even say it was like a, a sequel. It was like a reimagining, I guess, that they did in 2013. It was more serious and it was scary and it was gory and it was disgusting. Just seeing that before seeing the original one, it kind of was a weird kind of whiplash thing. I get why people love the originals.
0: I haven't seen any of the originals. I haven't seen any of them. And so my first exposure was watching Evil Dead um, whenever we saw it at home, which Angie barely remembers that we even saw it.
1: Oh, the 2013 version? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The thing that got me with the 2013 version is that it is extremely gory and like in not a good way. (laughs) So it's one of those movies for me that uh, I watched. I don't even know why I watched it first time we watched it. I think we were just bored and you're like, hey, let's watch it, because you really liked it. And I kind of wanted to see why you liked it. So to me, the question I have for you is like, why do you enjoy it so much? Like what what's the thing that calls to you?
1: I think what I like the most about twenty the twenty thirteen version is the Mia character. So Jane Mm -hmm. Levy's character, she's my I mean, that's why I'm dressed up as Mia. I really like kind of her story throughout the movie and she ends up being the final girl and she ends up kicking total ass in the end but i think just the way the movie flows for me it's really like almost like soothing the way that the story unfolds and yeah like you were saying there's a lot of really gross gory stuff but i don't i don't know like i don't really mind it that much whereas maybe in a movie like Hostel or like which is kind of like gore porn is what they call it i would be like i don't want to watch that but Evil Dead, yeah, it's just, it's become one of my comfort movies where I just kind of put it on. and I'm just like, nah, 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 I'm going to like clean the house or whatever.
0: That's weird to me. Because yeah. <laughs> there's nothing comforting to me about Evil Dead.
1: I just think it's badass. Like the way it looks, the way it's shot is just really, really cool. Yeah,
0: it's shot the really well. The score is really cool. The, the, music, the
1: sound in it is really good.
0: The gore is too much for me. Like I I understand the narrative about it's someone that's trying to break free of drug addiction and and all that but the gore just kind of supersedes all of that and it's just not and it's not like renfield where it's like campy and mm-hmm. just over the top that it's funny <laughs> like when i watch evil dead it's it's serious it's more real more, more real i think that's mature. why i like it
1: is because but
0: uh, it's still like <laughs> like when she's sawing her arm off and like the ligaments and and it's even sort of the small things like when the dude gets like stabbed in the eye and you like pull, like, because it could kind of happen. Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing that kind of sticks with me. And and it's done well. Like, I'm not saying that it's a bad movie because the gore is terrible. It's just it's not my bag.
1: Yeah. Basically. And Well, I mean, normally it's not mine either. Like, I don't really gravitate towards those kinds of movies. But I think the difference is that there's like a real story behind the evil dead that like mm-hmm. the 2013 version versus, you know, something like hostile or something like terrifier or something that's kind of just there to shock you with the right. gore. Like this, this one is there to shock you, but there's also like a story behind it. That being said, this new one, when I saw the trailer for it, I was happy to see that they had kept going with that tone of like serious
0: seeing as I don't know the world as well as you do, I thought that there would be a connection with the, the 2013 evil that that's why I was like, we should rewatch it. Um, but then you're like, no, it's probably just going to be like the book of the dead. And then it happens to other people and which is what happens. Um, but when I saw the trailer, like I told you, I was like, Nope, I'm not going to watch that, (laughs) you know? but I did it because I was also curious about like, where are they going to take it? Because it's been a decade. That's another thing that we talked about is like, why has it taken so long for them to make another, not a sequel, but you know, an advancement to that world. Um, And so that was another curiosity that I had. I was like, who, because it's a new director, it's a new cast. um, I was wondering what they were going to do with it. And I have to say that, I like this version more than the 2013 Evil Dead. This new version, the the meat of the story was a lot more powerful than the 2013 version, not to downplay people's addictions. But right. it just seemed like that for me, the 2013 version, it was very just kind of like, oh, she's addicted and then crazy shit happens and let's do gory stuff and then mm-hmm. the end. Where this one was a little bit more complicated because there's a family dynamic and... It's also about, you know, motherhood and the potential of motherhood and how families, you know, are complicated and can be terrorizing to each other. And so I like the layers, I guess, a lot more in this version than I did the 2013.
1: Before we get any further into it, this when we're talking about now, there's not gonna be any spoilers right now. After our little spiel right now, we'll put in some sound. Chainsaw sound. If you're watching us on YouTube. <laughs>
0: It's going to be definitely a chainsaw because, I mean, you can't have you build it without a a chainsaw. we'll,
1: We'll do that, but we'll give you a heads up anyway. And then once you hear the cue, we'll get into our spoilery, bloody review. But like you were saying about the dynamics of this story compared to the 2013 version, that's actually something I really appreciated about both is that they both have like a bigger story to tell. Like you said, this one felt a little more fleshed out. 2013 version was just like what happens when you're an addict and how it affects everybody around you basically. But this one, like you said, has a little bit more layers to it, but I appreciated that they kind of went with that still. I will say that I feel like this movie felt like a mashup between the 2013 version and the originals in terms of the kind of balance that they do with like the more serious thematic elements versus some of the violence that was kind of goofy to me. And I'll, I'll go into details like in the spoiler part. And like, it was funny too. Like there was moments where people were laughing when people aren't dying, but like just like lines that people said and people were just like cracking up. So I feel like it kind of was a good balance between the old versions and like the 2013 one.
0: Let's get into the cast.
1: Before that, the movie has a runtime, hour 37. The cast, we have Lily Sullivan who plays Beth. We have Alyssa Sutherland, who plays Ellie, who's the scary one that you see in all of the trailers, and it was directed by Lee Cronin. And then we have introduction of the younger girl, Cassie, she's played by Nell Fisher.
0: Who's really, she's really good. great for yeah. everything that happens in the movie, yeah. the fact that <laughs> she was able to Keep her cool and and still do her job. Towards the end, I was
1: like, "That girl's gonna need years of therapy." Like, not the actress, obviously, but like the character she plays. Right,
0: right. But even then, I mean, for some of the things that the actress talked about, like what they went through, you know, and you think about that—that little girl is was in there with them. It's still a lot for you know. I wonder who her her parents are. They were just like, "Oh yeah, let me sign off my kid to do an Evil Dead movie."
1: You already mentioned that you like this one more than the 2013 version. I I think I might need to see it again. But I feel like I'm just so loyal to the 2013 version. But I don't know. I think I'm definitely going to watch it again. I want to see it like in Dolby or something, uh-huh. something loud. Because I feel like it could have been louder.
0: I thought it was pretty yeah. damn loud. <laughs> the Arrow, which is where we saw it at. Their sound system is pretty legit. And it's always... I feel like... When you go to a regular theater like an AMC or, or Regal, whoever's running the theater doesn't care enough to really set the levels where they need to be. I know for a fact that the Arrow like really pays attention to that stuff. So to me, it was like, it was at the point where it was loud enough. If it would have been any louder, maybe you start hearing distortions yeah, with the speakers. But for me, I, I don't know. It was pretty damn loud.
1: I'm thinking like, if we saw it, what was the theater where we saw uh, RRR in Westwood.
0: Oh, that was the landmark.
1: That theater. Yeah, I want to see it there.
0: <laughs> well, I I think they have a proper Atmos system. Yeah. That's why.
1: I did really enjoy this version though. So me saying I, I prefer the 2013 version does not mean that I didn't like this one.
0: What did you think of the location shift?
1: I liked it, although I didn't really think... I take it back. It did kind of matter to the story. I was going to say, I didn't really think it mattered, but there is a pretty big... <laughs> a pretty big plot point that has to do with location specifically. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was fine. I really like the cabin because it's because it's secluded, but I think maybe it was old hat and they changed it. Although there is a cabin part in the beginning, which I thought was kind of a cool little nod to be like, yeah, I know where we're coming from, but this is, this is where we're going.
0: Yes, I liked it for that very reason. I thought it was a great idea to switch it up and go somewhere different because I don't know, ca- like cabin in the woods. Like there's so many horror movies that take place in the woods or a cabin or whatever. And the fact that it kind of psychs you out, like you said, we're in the beginning, you think it's in the woods. But if you watch the trailer, it's obviously in like an apartment, the surroundings are just different than your, your typical evil dead movie.
1: Yeah. Which the trailer did a really good job of kind of misdirection. Because, yeah, there was that thing where I was like, wait, we're in a cabin. Okay, got it. And then I was like, wait, we're in an apartment building. Because you see the little like fisheye door thing, door hole, whatever. But then we're in a cabin. And so I was like, what? I was like, do they start in a cabin and then come back to the apartment? Or like, what's the deal? And then even some of the scenes in the trailer where you think it's one person, but it's like another person in the movie, which I'll also talk about later. Um, yeah, I thought they did a really good job with that in the trailer.
0: What did you think of the gore?
1: Oh, it was great. Like it was what I was expecting. I feel like the gore was worse in the 2013 version. Yes. Right. Okay. I was going to ask him be like, what do you think?
0: And it also, it took a while to ramp up. Yeah. Like it was slow. It was kind of a slow burn because I was, I caught myself thinking like, when is it going to get really bad? Yeah. You know? And it does get there, but I would say that, yeah, the gore in the 2013 version is worse than this one, which I, again, me speaking is not a gore enthusiast. I appreciated it. It was enough to give you like squirms and in the spoiler part, we'll really get into detail because there was one specific one where I could actually feel it. 2013 is more brutal, I feel, and I mean, I remember we were, when we rewatched it, we were like, oh my God, here comes the part where like you even said like, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, would you say any of the gore in this version made you uncomfortable?
1: The cheese grater scene, which isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer, but that I kind of knew was coming. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, uh, uh, you know, and I even, I almost missed it because I kind of forgot during that whole sequence. And then I was like, oh, and then like, I turned around just in time.
0: What about the look of the movie? What did you feel about that?
1: I liked the dark tone. It reminded me of the first Annabelle because they move into an apartment building, I think in LA too. And it kind of has these really muted like greens and like blues and not to say that the movie's dark because it's not dark to where you can't see like a lot of movies and shows are. But I like that because it kind of makes you uncomfy. Like, you know, right. it kind of like it's preparing you for what's about to happen.
0: I like that there's contrast. I like that there's color. Um... Which I really appreciate of the 2013 version, because going back and rewatching that, and that was shot digitally. That movie almost was like it was shot on film, mm-hmm. It's so contrasty. This one isn't as contrasty, but it still doesn't feel like it's like grayed out and like, you know, just like your Netflix shows and stuff that's shot now. There's just a lack of color. And here, I really, I mean, you could feel the reds, obviously, because yeah. you had to have you know, bold reds and just overall the scenes in the, uh, apartment, um, there was a lot of in the shadows dark enough, but not so dark that you can't see what you're looking at. And, and it was just enough. I thought it was a good balance of, of contrast and, and, and the look. And, um, and I just thought the production design was really well done too, you know, for them not going very far. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty much takes place in one yeah, setting Yeah, it's all localized for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um I thought they used those spaces really well. And it has your classic evil dead shots that you've grown to love and um but with like a little bit of a twist, you know. So um yeah overall I thought I thought it was shot really well. As someone that was looking forward to the movie so much, did it like deliver or was it like short or did it exceed your expectations in certain ways? I think areas? it
1: totally delivered. There was, there's like, what this is me just being nitpicky and I'll talk about it in like the spoiler things that I wish there was more of. But overall, yeah, I think it really delivered and it, it pretty much just met the expectations that I had for it. Like there wasn't really anything where I was like, oh, that was in the trailer, but I didn't see it in the movie, which yeah. happened with the 2013 version. But yeah, I thought, I, I thought it was great overall.
0: For the non-horror people that may be listening out there, how would you sell them this movie? Like if they're not, if they were like me, where they're like on the border, they're not horror people, they're not gore people. Just overall, how would you sell Evil Dead to them?
1: I don't even know how I could, because I always forget that people don't just casually watch horror as much as I do, as much as you do now. Evil Dead is a hard sell for people that don't like horror movies. Just because it's so visceral and it's so scary. And I think maybe this one is easier to sell than the 2013 version just because they have those like funny moments. The gore you can kind of see coming. So you can like avert your eyes if you really need to. But honestly, I can't see people that aren't into horror enjoying this movie. Like, And I've met people who are like, no, I'm a big baby. Like, I'm not going to watch... Megan or something and you're just like well I can't help you then.
0: Yeah Megan is like a walk in the park compared to Evil Dead.
1: So I definitely think you should come into this one with some horror experience under your belt because I don't know or maybe it'll it'll turn you into a horror fan if you've never seen anything like it too.
0: And the other thing too is like you don't need to know anything about Evil Dead to enjoy this movie. No
1: and like even yeah because that's kind of that's what I really enjoy about the ones after the originals is like, yeah, there are like the little Easter eggs you can catch. And if you kind of go into it, you know how the story's kind of going to go. You're like, they're going to find the Necronomicon and then shit's going to, you know. But even if you don't know that, it kind of just lays it out for you without overly explaining stuff, which I appreciate.
0: Like I said, I'm no expert by any means. And I was still terrified and able to follow the story and enjoy the experience as much as I could. I feel like we can't really go into any more detail without going into the spoiler territory. So I think that's a good time for us to transfer into spoiler time. And like I said, we're going to do a chainsaw sound right about now.
1: What did you think of the... Necronomicon incantation reading kind of being two things this time. So in the original, we had the tape deck in the, the, real, the 2013 real. version. We had the book. It was just the book The idiot guy fucking just... Eric says it because he's dumb. And then this version, we have a vinyl, which I like and the book.
0: I liked it. You know what I liked about the book? And I don't know if this is in past evil deads, the teeth that like kind of cover
1: I don't think it's in the past ones. Okay.
0: I really like that.
1: But that seems like it would be like a Sam Raimi kind of like thing to put it. And I I could be wrong. It might be in them and I just can't remember. But as far as I remember, it's just like the face on the Necronomicon.
0: I like that ass because it's like almost like a a lock and key, like a diary. Mm
1: -hmm. And I like that it's still like you bleed on it. Like when she opens it, she bleeds on it. Because that happens in the 2013 when he gets like a paper cut.
0: Right, right. I like that the reading of the... The
1: incantation.
0: Incantation is on vinyl. And the fact that it's like at a certain speed, so he has to like
1: mm-hmm.
0: increase the speed because it's from the 20s, that reading.
1: And then they uh, Lee Cronin said that that was Bruce Campbell, right?
0: Supposedly, yeah. Maybe like he's like one of the priests that found the book and then is basically narrating what happened uh, back in the 20s and why this shit goes down as it does. How did you feel how they used an earthquake to uh
1: yeah, find it? Which in the first I like place? almost tripped up on myself earlier because I was gonna say that the location didn't matter, but it absolutely does matter.
0: Yeah.
1: Earthquake happens in this apartment building, the bottom the parking garage kind of bottoms out, and it used to be an old bank. So they find like the vault. So it's surrounded by crosses that look like they're nails. And Little St. Benedict coins, which right. I actually have a St. Benedict coin. And that's to ward off evil spirits. And is humans.
0: that St. Benedict's role?
1: Sure. <laughs> but I got my coin at a screening of Annabelle. Yeah, one of the Annabelle screenings is when I got mine. And it's literally the exact same one that she finds, like that little round one. That's cool. What did you think of the Jesus jump scare?
0: I've talked about this, I think, on a podcast i think so Did we talk about probably was it blair witch
1: it wasn't one of the, the horror one ones, of the horror sure. ones
0: but anyways i have this memory but i haven't been able to find it the exact version because i went to go see dick tracy in the theaters and they showed the teaser for the exorcist 3 and i have this vivid memory of jesus being on the cross and his eyes are open and then there's like a lightning bolt and then his eyes close and then open again. Like he's like still alive. And that imagery stayed with me and terrified me so much that our parents in in their bedroom had a similar crucifix of Jesus all bloodied and stuff. And I was terrified that he was going to come to life.
1: Hispanic crucifixes are, nightmarish. Yeah. They're and also awful.
0: just Latin. If you go to any <laughs> kind of Latin American church,
1: Catholic, crucifix Catholic they're the worst. Terrible
0: as a kid. And so that imagery was stuck in my head. But then later I went to find the trailer for Exodus three. And it's just basically the, he's like, he just, has his eyes
1: closed. I think. Yeah.
0: But he doesn't do anything. They open, but it's not <laughs> how I remembered yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But then in this one, the crucifix is towards She's the camera, yeah, <laughs> like towards the lens. And that, kind of triggered me a little bit and I and I did sort of jump a little bit but it was a cool scare
1: yeah I wasn't expecting it even though we had seen it and then after I I was like oh that's right what did you think of the possession scene in this one versus the 2013
0: I really love the
1: elevator I think I thought that was so inventive yeah and that was what I was curious about because it is it's one of the scenes in the 2013 version that makes me uncomfortable and so I was like what are they going to do this time
0: I like that it was less aggressive than mm-hmm. the 2013 one because the 2013 one is pretty graphic and brutal. I was like, "I please just let it not be that," and it wasn't. The elevator breaks down, and it's like the the cabling, yeah. And so that's what grabs her, and you know, it's the a new demon thing to be afraid him. of. I mean, elevators have always been terrifying,
1: especially old ones like that in that building
0: because they talk about how it's like a really old building and the family is actually going to move out because they're going to tear down to build something else. Um, But great use of elevator. I can't think of anything recently where they've used an elevator so effectively. Not just in that sequence, but there's a sequence later where like, you know, and this is like a shout out to The Shining, where it gets filled with blood. One of the main actresses and then the little girl, that was kind of claustrophobic and terrifying to me. Yeah, just like, regardless if it's blood or if it's water or whatever, mm-hmm. the fact that it's like, you're screwed. Where are you going to go? Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, the elevator sequences in the, in the movie, I really, really liked, even though they were, they were terrifying.
1: After, you know, the whole possession takes place, which like you mentioned earlier, kind of takes a while to get to. I feel like in the 2013 version and the original, like it kind of happens pretty fast. What you have in this movie instead, and I really enjoy is you have that very first scene Which takes place on a lake in a cabin, which they also do in the 2013 version. But I feel like just the stark contrast of like the beginning of the movie is daytime and they're like swimming in the lake and like there's so much light and there's so much color versus the rest of the movie, which is like completely dark and in an apartment. Completely the opposite of being like out on a lake
0: most of the movie takes place a day before what you see in the beginning.
1: Yeah, so you get that whole beginning and the sequence end. and then after that happens it's like one day earlier, which I'm like this was only a day before, like what the fuck?
0: When we were watching the 2013 movie, all the camera went and the camera sort of flying through when we watched the behind the scenes stuff of how they shot that stuff. It's this crazy rig and it it's taking all this weight for the camera to sort of just kind of go in and out of the woods. And I said Amazing in that 10 years later, you know how they would shoot that with a drone. And then in the movie, in the introduction of the movie that they do the same sequence and it is a fucking drone. And it's like a joke of like, oh, I got such cool footage, you know,
1: Stephanie. I thought that was so clever.
0: Super clever.
1: And then once you heard from Lee Cronin that it was like actually his niece's, his niece's real life,
0: we should probably set the family dynamic for context. Um, so the setting is you have a single mom who the dad recently walked out on them and she has three kids. One of them is a DJ or one. Oh, that great music fucking LCD, LCD sound, sound system, system, you know, which I was going to ask the question like, <laughs> how did you guys get that? Because it doesn't like seem like the
1: live version too.
0: LCD sound system would be down for that. But maybe they're Evil Dead fans and we're like, let <laughs> be in this movie. But that's where the the vinyl aspect comes in. And then you have the middle child. And then you have the little girl. She creates this staff and cuts the head off one of her dolls. And puts it on the head of this like wooden staff. And basically says that it's like their protector. And I totally knew that that was going to be a weapon at some point in the movie. But little did I realize it was going to be the most uncomfortable part for me personally. Because that's the thing that I really felt in my body when it happened. And at this point in the movie, the mom's possessed. Uh, the middle child is possessed. And so the middle child is going after the little girl and the, the older brother. And the staff gets broken. And now there's like, you know, there's like a, a, a point to it. The older sister goes after the little girl and she just kind of sticks it out with the pointed end. And it goes through her mouth through the back of her throat, outside the back of her head. Dude, I could feel it in the back. I could feel like the back of my throat tighten up. That's funny. And then it's just, she's just like, and then pulls it out. And I was like, oh God, that was one of the worst gory things. That's funny.
1: Yeah, I I feel like impalement to me doesn't really affect me anymore because there's that scene. There's the scissors in the nose.
0: (laughs) That was funny to me.
1: There's another...
0: There's a a jab to the hand with glass. Um, But also... The tattoo to the face.
1: Once you've seen like the 2013 needle pull.
0: What did you think about that that tattoo justified her getting possessed? Because that seemed like a small thing.
1: No, because she gets like a gash here too, right?
0: I thought that was part of the tattoo. Oh, maybe. I could be wrong though. I don't know. But it seemed like...
1: It seemed like a little thing. Right. Unless we missed something. But when she gets possessed, the middle child, she kind of goes a little more ham than like the mother does, I think.
0: Well, because the mom gets trapped in the hallway, which I... But
1: I mean, like in terms of like what the mom does when the middle child gets possessed, they do a lot more damage than like the mom. And like it's like a lot more gross. I don't know.
0: Do you think it's like a middle child uh, <laughs> repressed? <laughs> I
1: have no idea. But that was the part that was grossest to me is when she starts like... Sp- spitting out like worms and there's a lot of them.
0: What about when she's like eating in the wine glass? I don't like things in my my tummy.
1: That was like kind of whatever because I had seen it in the trailer already. And it was like, I don't know. It wasn't that, it wasn't that bad to me.
0: What did you think of the story dynamic of this family that their dad walked out on them, but also the sister of the main character? she's pregnant and just dealing with the idea of the horror of potentially becoming a parent.
1: Well, nothing's more horrific than being a parent or being a mother specifically, especially if you don't necessarily want to be. And I like that a lot about this movie is that you pretty much have all of these really strong female characters, you know, all throughout the movie. You can tell she doesn't want to be a mother, but then she kind of at the end is forced to be a protector once her sister is like fucked up and possessed.
0: To me, that's what I enjoyed. I think most about the movie is Mm. that it's a allegory for that idea of becoming a parent and how terrifying it is. Yeah. But also the idea of how families can turn on each other and go through difficult times and how, traumatizing that can be and it's you know obviously this is a hyper version of that where you know the mom turns on the kids and then the kids turn on their moms and but then at the end come together to become this bigger monster there's all sorts of references and that i loved and i think that's the thing too that i liked more than the 2013 version where it is about addiction the 2013 version but then it sort of for me just kind of ended there and mm-hmm. then just crazy shit happens to everyone and she's the me is like the kind of leader of it and then has to come out of it obviously at, but at the cost of like her brother and, and her <laughs> friends but this new version seemed more deep it affected me more in a way to me it justified the violence where like the 2013 yeah. one seemed just more of like We have all these characters and we have to kill them.
1: (laughs) So, what's the best way? So,
0: what's the most horrific way to do it? Where this one, you have to be a little bit more creative because it is a family. You can't just, I mean, you're not going to kill the little girl, you know?
1: But you will kill the little boys outside.
0: True. Which was fine. It was kind of fucked up. (laughs) Okay. The cable guy connection.
1: I loved that sequence. Uh, Just the whole seeing it through the keyhole in the door, I thought was. So genius. And they set it up early on because like the neighbor kids come knocking on the door and you can kind of see it. And I thought that was just like a really simple thing, but also made it scary. Once the mom kind of went to a different side and you couldn't see her anymore, you're like, oh, fuck, where is she going to pop out from now? Or like, what's going to happen now? And you have these little chase scenes where she's like chasing several people in the apartment, which I appreciated, too, is that they included the other tenants in the apartment. Not just the family; they end up dying, but they're included as well. And like, yeah, you mentioned Cable Guy. There's a few scenes where the mom is just like super in, like the little fisheye door thing, and her eyes are glowing, and she's all fucked up. And it just—if you haven't seen Cable Guy, there's a nightmare sequence where Jim Carrey also has like really green contacts, and then he's doing like a similar kind of thing. Which I should have asked Lee Cronin that. I should have been like, did you?
0: The actress who played. the Oh, that's right. She said that she watched The Mask to get inspiration because of what a great time Jim Carrey had making that movie. And she was the one that suffered the least from the actors because she wasn't in, covered in blood and, you know, was the first to get possessed. So she's just kind of acting crazy. And so, and just the smile on, on her face. like
1: Yeah. Alyssa that. Yeah. She mentioned that. And, Thinking back on it, in that whole sequence, there's just the part where she goes, open up now. And like, she sounds like Ace Ventura when she says it. When she mentioned it, I I thought it was so funny. Yeah.
0: What did you think of the Marauder?
1: Lee Cronin gave us the name because it's not like they say it in the movie. You're having two things happen at once, which is Beth and Cassie are in the elevator and it's filling up with blood. And this is when they've like demolished Ellie. Like she's missing both her legs and her arm. But the other deadites, so like the other daughters, the other tenants of the apartments, they're kind of like rising and they start like making some like homunculus. bird
0: demon thing. Combining with all their body parts.
1: And so you have like the shots of them like bleh, fleshing together. And what, what I really liked about it is that you don't really see the marauder or the creature that they're making until like. The very end of that whole sequence, which I really appreciated because I'm a fan of like not seeing the whole thing because it makes it scarier. And there's a shot where they capture Cassie and put her in the back of that like chipper chipper thing. And all you see is like all of the arms and like the glowing eyes. And I thought that was a really cool shot. I really like the design of it. I'm a sucker for monster designs. Like one of my favorite ones is the monster that's in the ritual, which if you haven't seen it, that's a really good monster design. And so I'm, I'm really a big fan of inventive monster designs, especially when there's like limbs and hands and it's just really gross things.
0: At that point in the parking garage, the only people that are left are Beth and Cassie. So there's like this back and forth between uh, this new being of all these bodies and, and them. And that's when I, like I said, I, I thought that there was going to be this big like grotesque like where it just like shows up out of nowhere but you really don't see it. And even like when, you know, Beth finally gets control of the situation and then there's the chainsaw and she does her thing. You really just see kind of the front of it. Yeah, It's kind of sad too that that everyone dies, like the whole family dies, you know, and you can look at it different ways, like, you know, that you have to like, let go of people and that's the moral of the story. And, and all that, but they were such good people. <laughs> they or at least they seemed happens, like guess. good people, you know. Where in the 2013 version, I didn't really. I was just like,
1: yeah, you didn't really get to care for them. No, there was no time really. And
0: that's a big difference between that version and this version is that you got to care for them a lot more, and and it didn't even take that much time to build them up yeah. to where you really care for them. The end has all the blood that you want, and very evil dead and. They got a great crowd reaction from from everyone in the theater. What did you think of that climax, that that ending?
1: I love a blood-soaked finale. I thought the chainsaw was a really good kind of nod to the previous movies. And yeah, the final showdown is something that I was really interested to see how they were going to do it with this movie. Because I knew there was like that big elevator scene with the blood and there was like a shot of her in the trailer with a chainsaw. And I was just like, what is she doing? So I thought the wood chipper was a good addition to that. It made it's a it like
0: natural.
1: Natural progression. <laughs> yeah.
0: What did you think of the chainsaw to the top of the head?
1: That was cool. I would say the 2013 one is a lot more grotesque.
0: The one thing that I will say that is grotesque is like the connection between the wood chipper and like her head. Yeah. When that tears, that's it was like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The
0: 2013 one is a lot worse. Yeah. Because she just splits. Literally straight down down the the middle. middle. Line deliveries. 2013 versus.
1: Mm, 2013 is going to be better. Yeah. I think feast on this motherfucker was better than. What did you say? I don't even remember. It was like two words.
0: It's like get this. Or Or like like
1: something like that. Yeah.
0: It just wasn't that memorable. It wasn't that. But there was that one memorable line that. At the end when they did the Q&A that they had her.
1: Mm. Mommy's with the maggots now. Mommy's with the maggots now. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I really like Slash really hate when they do like a possession or like a supernatural being and it moves really unnaturally, which they do a little bit of like when she first gets possessed that she's like, after she throws up, she's like bending over and her bones are like cracking or whatever. But I really would have appreciated like if there was more, like there's a scene I think Where she walks out and there's like a close-up on her foot. And I thought her foot was going to break. And I was waiting for it and it didn't happen. And I was just like, okay. Because that way, like if her foot would have broken, she would have had this weird like off-kilter walk, which is like really horrifying to me.
0: And she did have the moment where she gets possessed in the elevator. And then there's that silhouette of her Mm -hmm. walking back to the apartment. She does have this like,
1: yeah, I think that sequence was motion. Good possession work, because she's kind of just like slinking in the back, and then you have that shot where she's just like peeking like the side of the door. And her possession makeup, I think, was not as scary as the 2013 version. Like it seemed a little
0: It seemed fine. Like it was like fine,
1: enough. but it wasn't like scary, at right. least not to me. I don't know.:
0: Yeah, I thought it was fine. For what it was. I think they toned it back a little bit. I don't know if there's a reasoning behind it. Like maybe the studio was, we got to tone it down and it's 10 years later. Just overall, I thought the 2013 version was just more aggressive with everything, makeup and the the gore and the kills and and all that stuff. It's still rated R, but it's like the more PG-13 rated R, you know. I think we've reached that point for our final thoughts. So what are are your lasting impressions of uh, this new Evil Dead iteration?
1: I definitely want to see it again. I want to see what the crowd reaction is going to be like in a crowd that's not a Beyond Fest crowd. I think that's going to be really interesting. And I think that's really going to show and tell where the movie's going to go. But personally, I really liked it.
0: It's going to be interesting to see what happens with just regular people, how they react to it. How many people go see it? Um, I was kind of disappointed with Renfield. Totally. How yeah. not great it did at the box office. And I'm not saying it for the money I'm seeing. I'm saying it because of the people I want to go see it. You know, I thought a lot more people were going to go see it. And, and so more of those films can be made. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, how many people go see this new evil dead. Because again, 10 years have gone by. And that's a long time, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm assuming that because it is Warner Brothers and it's their IP, they want to make more of these things. But if no one goes and sees it, it might be another, you know, 10 years. Do you remember how well the 2013 version did?
1: Earlier, I was wondering, like, what the reception for it was. I know when I saw it, it was a midnight screening and it was sold. Not, I don't know if it was sold out, but it was pretty packed when I saw it.
0: So, the budget for the 2013 Evil Dead was 17 million. Opening weekend made 25 million. Overall gross was 54 million. Worldwide gross, 97 million. So, I mean, worldwide almost made $100 million, mm-hmm. which is not the worst thing.
1: I mean, it made its money back. So.
0: Yeah. But also, it's like a rated R movie and rated R movies like struggle. So, that's why I'm curious to see what's going to happen. For a person, again, that isn't a horror uh, aficionado by any means, I enjoyed this one more than I thought I was going to, especially after the trailer because I feel like the trailer really sets it up to be like, oh, man, this is going to be more of 2013. But I really responded well to, like, the actual story of the movie and really uh, gravitated toward the characters and really liked them. And that's why it's tragic what happens to them at the end. Um, but it, like I said, it, it's sort of like a, you know, a morality tale of family and, and potentially being a parent how frightening that can be in the Evil Dead universe. And so I really appreciated that. Like, I don't like grotesque things just for the sake of just doing it. I like it because it's justifying some aspect of the story, you know. And like we were saying before, If you're not a fan of horror, you know, this is probably not the movie for you. But if you are and you love Evil Dead, I think you're going to enjoy it and going to get some good things out of it for the most part.
1: Yeah, nobody does Possession like Evil Dead, really. I think Possession is probably my favorite genre of horror movie just because to me it's scary. And I think that Evil Dead kind of just has like the top tier Possession movies.
0: With that? That ends our review of Evil Dead Rise. We really hope that you guys enjoyed our review and our thoughts on the film. Coming up next is a movie. I'm not sure how to tease, but it involves killing of bad people.
1: And, and that's there's a dog. all I'll say. And
0: there's a dog. But apparently the dog survives unlike like most films. So that's going to wrap up our April series of movies. Um, we hope you, that you guys uh, look out for that one. Again, you can find us on social media at Comovie Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. If you search Comovie Pod, you should be able to find us. The same thing on YouTube where we do a video podcast of all of our episodes. And like Angie said, we've done reviews on Pig. We did reviews on Renfield, deep dives. We would really go into the behind the scenes and stories of films like Titanic, Almost Famous. And just tons of videos and content, which is a word that I don't like using, but mm-hmm. that's what the kids like to call it, of a bunch of movies that we uh, love uh, doing for you guys. And again, subscribe, comment, give us a review on uh, Apple Podcast because that all helps the algorithm. Again, we don't get paid by anyone. We do this out of our own time and uh, we'd really appreciate the support there. And uh, again, thanks again for listening and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Cut, that's a wrap.